I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and you know where you can find me, lisaevers.com. All of our TV shows and radio podcasts, also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And what we're focusing on is voting. The deadline to register to vote in New York State is coming up in just a couple of weeks. We're hardly hearing anything about it. People aren't really talking about it the way they did in the past. And yet this election, some say, could be one of the most decisive and most important and significant of our lifetimes. So we're going to find out what our panel has to say about this. And also, does your vote really count? Does it really matter? Or is is it just useless, a waste of time, something that we go through, you know, go through the motions of and has no real impact? Let me introduce our panel to you right now. Joining us is John Burnett. He's a Republican strategist and contributor to Black Enterprise, The Street, Huffington Post, and he's a TV and radio commentator. John, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Also with us, back again, mm -hmm. uh, the one and only Joel Ortiz. You know him as a hip-hop artist. He's part of the super group No Panty with Bodega Bams and Nitty Scott, MC. And he just dropped a debut project with them called West Side Highway Story. Joel, thanks so much. Great to have you back Thank with us again. And also, for the first time on Street Soldiers, I've interviewed him many times for Fox 5 News, so you've probably seen him there speaking out against uh, things that are going down that are wrong in his district and trying to get help for the people who live in his uh, 12th Senate district in Queens, mostly Astoria, is New York State Senator Michael Giannaris. And uh, he's very involved in this whole political and voting issue, more so than just being an elected official. He's a delegate for Hillary Clinton. He is the chair of the New York Senate Democratic Campaign Committee, and he's sponsor of the Voter Empowerment Act, which is a reform package that uh, would expand online registration and a couple of other things like change the age, which I think is, is really interesting too, and we're going to hear all about that. Michael, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Joel, I want to start with you. Okay. Is it just me, or is the whole vibe around this election totally different than four years ago and eight years ago? 100% you. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, we had an Afri African American candidate before that stood for us and represented us. And when I say us, I'm talking about the communities and neighborhoods that are poverty stricken and, you know, the projects that I grew up in. And there was an excitement around the election at the time of, of Obama. Um, I feel like the kids don't feel like there's someone representing them at the moment. Um, it's been like a wrestling match, you know, you know, two candidates going at each other and uh, avoiding some of the issues that we listen for, um, you know, from, you know, welfare issues to uh, just, you know, people coming into the neighborhoods and talking. I haven't seen anybody, you know, around Barack Obama's time, there was people in the community centers. Um, there were people encouraging everyone to vote. I mean, even Puff Daddy had the vote or die thing, and it was speaking directly to hip hop and, and the poverty stricken neighborhoods. But this time around, it's pretty much, you know, hey, uh, Hillary's a liar or Trump doesn't, he takes things back and he flip flops and it's it's totally ignoring my neighborhood where I grew up. And, and they're all, a whole different vibe. A lot, of, a lot of people are saying, New York State Senator Michael Giannaris, do you feel that as you're out? Cause you're out in the community all the time? Yeah, in the, the neighborhoods and the meetings? I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I think we, what you're seeing this year is a, a very negative tone to the campaign. I almost don't even blame the candidates per se. It's just the whole thing is which candidate is worse as opposed to who has a positive message. 
uh, as a Democrat and as a Hillary Clinton supporter, I would argue she has a very detailed uh, amount of policy on her website that she's put out publicly, but no one's paying attention to it. Uh, but Barack Obama was a unique figure. I was very excited about Barack Obama. I went to law school with him, so I had a, a personal connection. It was uh, very exciting for me to see him. He's a historic figure. Uh, but this is just as important an election, if not more so, because the differences between the candidates are so stark uh, that we're going to take this country in one direction or another. And it's going to affect people's lives, so they should get excited if they're not already. John Burnett, what about the uh, motivation of people right now and the enthusiasm or lack of enthusiasm? Well, you, you had mentioned uh, the race in 2008 in terms of the euphoria. Everyone was excited about Ob Barack Obama. I think uh, people were excited to see a fresh face. They believe and bought into the hope and change. Uh, also, I think a lot of people did vote based upon color. You know, he's a black man. Well, it was historic. He, he was, was the violent. first black president. Right. Yeah. Even I voted for yeah. him in 2008. <laughs> um, however, I think this time around, people are more interested in the color of green mm. with respect to jobs, entrepreneurship for their businesses, and the <coughs> overall economic development of a lot of in, within uh, communities of color. So I think that is what people are mostly concerned about. And I think that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear two candidates call each other bigots. They don't want to hear all this negative campaigning because that negative campaigning doesn't affect their pocketbook. They want to it's hear- It's about the economy and about the money exactly. and, and about jobs and that type of thing. Wh wh whether, you're, whether you're in uh, inner city, you know, like Baltimore or Midwest, you've seen a lot of companies take their jobs out of the country. And I think that's why Trump has done so well. And I think that's why Bernie's message was appealing to a lot of young voters. I think had it been Bernie instead of Hillary, no, not knocking Hillary, uh, we'll say that for later, but but I think Bernie actually touched the same nerve that, that, uh, that Trump has touched with respect to a rigged system, with respect to jobs being exported well, out also of the Also a lot of young people too feeling like, hey, they did the right thing, they stayed out of trouble, they went to college, and now they have these student loans and they can't really get, they can't get a job better than they could have gotten if they just started working right, right out of high hope, school. But yeah. they haven't seen the change. Right, right. Exa ex right. exactly. It's, it's a fair point. I was struck during the primaries how many people I would encounter and say, well, I'm either for Bernie or for Trump, and I'm not sure which. And to me, that was so shocking because they're in some respects, polar opposites. But what they have in common is they were deemed to be outsiders. Right. And what's scary to me is when people feel that way, when they're so disillusioned, they're willing to take drastic steps without necessarily contemplating the consequences. Donald Trump, uh, is, he, 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 by his own admission, is one of the ultimate insiders. He's been donating into politics for decades. Uh, but his solutions are scary. He's talking about building walls, keeping people out, banning Muslims from the country. Uh, this is crazy stuff, and yet people are willing to contemplate it because they're so upset, they're so disillusioned at where things are going, and it's a very scary time. There's some eerie parallels to other parts of, of history around the world that are are pretty shocking and scary. We never thought the U.S. would go in this kind of a direction, but the fact Joe, that Joel, what so about well, that? Like people's frustrated, like people feeling fed up? Are definitely fed up. I mean, we talk we're talking about a candidate who has dis. Latinos outright, you know, he's he's called immigrants rapists and and all the criminals. And I mean, you know, he hasn't had any hair on his tongue. And then, you know, he'll he'll speak again and then sort of try to fix it and do a lot of flip flopping. And it's just not accepted. People, you know, people aren't looking for this to rule their country. You know, I think there's been a lot of situations in all with all candidates, not just in this race, but historically that have misspoken. In fact, uh, Hillary has stated even during her 2008 campaign that she's misspoken. Uh, I think Trump has done the same thing. 
When you look at even look at other countries, what's happening in Germany right now, Merkel is in jeopardy right now. Why? Because people are linking the And the, she's the prime minister. Exactly, Prime Minister Merkel. They're linking their the country's Syrian refugee population, I, I should say their policy with the the series of attacks that have occurred in Germany and the European countries. So Trump has a lot of good points with respect to securing our borders. All right, we're going to go through, let's go through some of those. But um, when we come back, I want to find out, first of all, I want to just get this, I want to deal with this and talk about how do you vote, who can vote, and what are some of the obstacles to voting that uh, come up in discussions with people and that we hear all the time. People don't feel there's enough information. They don't feel that it's made easy enough. Some states are easier than others. There's this issue of voter suppression. Is that a real issue or is that another political, you know, a political ploy? This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, you already know what it is, man. This is B.I.G. Sean. And this is the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, the gram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And of course, 24-7 on LisaEvers.com. You can download those videos of our Street Soldiers TV show, which is coming back Friday, September 30th at 10.30 on Fox 5. And also our radio show podcasts are up there too, courtesy of Michael Medium and uh, Mr. TJO. Anyway, what we're talking about is voting is it worthwhile? Is it important? Do you plan to vote? A lot of people are kind of have mixed feelings about this whole thing, and yet we keep hearing this is very, very important. Joining us for this conversation, John Burnett. He's a Republican strategist and contributor to Black Enterprise, The Street, and Huffington Post. He's also a TV and radio commentator. And the one and only Joel Ortiz, he, um, hip-hop artist. He's part of the supergroup, the new supergroup. No panty. No, no panty. panty. <laughs> <laughs> With Bodega Vams and Nitty Scott MC. As long as it doesn't have to be bleeped, I'm good. He just dropped their debut. Uh, is, do you call it an EP, an album, the it's project? An album. An it's album. Because an yeah. I've looked at this, there's a lot of tracks it's, on there. Yeah, yeah, it's an okay. album. Okay, debut, uh, their, debut, their debut album, West Side Highway Story. We're going to play a little bit of that for you later on. Uh, one of the tracks, Ola. And also with us, New York State Senator Michael Giannaris. He's the a representative for the 12th Senate District in Queens. He's a delegate for Hillary Clinton. He's a chair for the New York State Democratic Campaign Committee. And he's also a sponsor of Vo- the Voter Empowerment Act. It's a reform package of votes. And if you have questions, we're uh, doing this Facebook Live right now. So if you have questions, you might want to pull up, uh, you know, put some questions in the comment section and we'll see if we can get them on the air. Michael, in terms of who can vote, where do we stand with this right now? Well, the rule is you have to be 18 years old and a citizen of the United States, um, and then you have to register. And that's that's an important hurdle, too, because we have, in New York at least, all sorts of deadlines around registration. Uh, and oftentimes they're so far out in advance that it keeps people from voting or hinders people. One of the uh, key points of the bill I've suggested is we would allow same-day registration, which means you could walk in to the polling place on Election Day and register to vote if you're not already registered. Some states already have it. Uh, it seems to be working well there. Um, and we would like to do that here in New York instead of what currently exists, which I think is a 25-day advanced registration requirement. It's coming up on October the 14th, so people who aren't registered, they have a deadline coming up if they want to vote in this election. Um, the Probably the single most important thing, however, we would do is enable what we call automatic voter registration, which means you don't need to do anything. 
the state will register you for yourself when you turn 18. If you have a driver's license or some kind of ID, if you're a, a student at a SUNY or CUNY school, if you are a resident of public housing or somehow interact with state agencies where they have your information in a database, you would just get a notice in the mail saying, congratulations, you're registered, you can go vote now once you, once you hit the proper age. Uh, there are two million people in this state who are eligible to vote who are not registered to vote. So two million? Two million people. So just by making this change, we would increase the ability of people to vote by two million in this state. It's a shocking number, uh, but it's a huge hurdle. And uh, we don't, New York, we don't have some of these crazy like ID requirements you see in some of the southern states. But nonetheless, there are hurdles that are more subtle uh, in New York that are keeping two million people from voting. And the changing of the voting locations in some places and that, that type of thing, you go in there and it's like chaos. That's right. And there's been a lot of that recently, too. And there's there's a lot of little things that happen that that slow people down or keep people from voting that we would like to change and make easier. Uh, and unfortunately, we've had difficulty getting it through the Senate because the Democrats are not in charge, I would argue. But and also, what about the age? You think you think teenagers should be able to vote? Well, we're restricted by the Constitution in terms of the age of voting. What we would propose is having people from the age of 16 be able to pre-register to vote, which means they would they would be able to do their paperwork and have a couple of years to get ready and then once they hit 18 they'd be eligible while they're in high school what do you guys right. think about that john yeah, as far as uh the pre-registering <laughs> yeah i think that or would make sense or automatic registration get, get, the, get the young electorate involved with the system and that way you know they can really start educating themselves on what's what's important i think getting people registered to vote is important but also educating people on the issues and the economics and the financial elements of what's what people are saying when they're running so that way people are not lost with with again the hope and change but they can see beyond the policy and see how it affects their pocketbook like what like what if joel what do you think about the younger you know if the younger voter re registration or automatic like uh, at eight, 18 automatic i think 18 automatic is is a good idea um it'll make you feel like a citizen right off the rip like your your, your voice matters but i agree with john uh that's your name, John. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, with the whole get people aware of what they're voting for. Well, well, that's 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 just it. Do you feel? And let me just. I wanted to ask you one other question, Michael, about the eligibility. Convicted felons, mm -hmm. if they're off parole, is if it's a state charge, if it's a federal charge, what's the the rule on that in New York State? Uh, the rule is that if you are once you are off parole or out of the system, so to speak, you are re-eligible to vote. Um, but while you're still in the system, you cannot. And then in terms of in terms of the issues, talk, talking about the issues, you believe that the that the local races like for, for the state Senate, for the assembly, um, the, even the congressional races, that these are much more important to our communities and to people's have much more of an impact on our day to day lives. Why do you say they're that? They're less glamorous because they're not on TV every day. Right. right? And you don't see you know the way you see Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump uh, swinging away every day. You don't see that for some of these local races. But the vote is much more impactful in some of these races. Uh, we have some very competitive congressional races uh, in New York this year. The state Senate is hanging by a thread. There's a margin of one uh, where the Republicans have uh, are controlling the Senate by one seat. Um, and uh, it's often at the state or local level where the policies have a more direct impact on people's lives. Everyone talks about Obamacare. Well, the state is the one who implements uh, Obamacare. If you're talking about money for your public schools, again, the state is the one that decides uh, how much money flows to the school system. So there's a lot of things that uh, are important to people's lives that get determined in these local races. Um, and the votes there are really important. We had uh, an election, uh, a special election on Long Island just recently where our candidate won by 800 votes out of thousands and thousands of votes that were cast. So every vote matters in these local races. And 
don't be discouraged if you think New York's going to go for Hillary and, you know, therefore you don't need to vote. The vote is important in a lot of different and, ways. And how do, how do they look at, you know, how do, how do they look at which communities vote and which communities don't vote? Well, that, like when you're up in Albany with, with all the big wigs up there and the, the deciding where the money goes, you know, which project gets funded, which playground gets fixed, which school get, you know. It's a terrific point. And I, I used to say, I got my start doing a voter registration drive in the Greek community. My parents are immigrants from Greece. And like every immigrant group, they were not involved enough in the system. We got them registered. And we always used to say people pay attention in politics. They look at which communities turn out to vote, and that's where political power comes from. So if communities of color are voting in bigger numbers, they're going to get more attention. I used to say if the Greek community votes in bigger numbers, they get more attention. Lo and behold, they registered. Uh, I got elected as the first Greek American to New York City. Now we have a handful of people in New York. But uh, the empowerment of communities comes from participation in the democratic process and electing people who represent your interests. No, the, and definitely the, the the participation. John, the African-American community, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, that's that's always been democratic and Republicans haven't made much headway with that. Well, you know, uh, historically, Republicans, uh, I should say going back to 1960 up to the present, really haven't invested the time and energy like they should in the African-American community. I'll say communities of color. Right, communities of color. Um, however, when you look at, you know, what the Democrats have done since the 1960s, they they do look at the voter turnout. They give attention to the, the communities of color, but they don't execute on policies that are empowering. You know, when we look at uh, Malcolm X's speech, Ballot or the Bullet, he said blacks are purposely pushed into one party so that they can be controlled. And when you look at what policies are introduced, for an example, the $15 minimum wage, that is going to impact more communities of color more than anybody else. So what actually sounds good when you, when you have a financial background or financial experience or understanding or, and understanding how economics work, just raising the minimum wage is going to impact the low-skilled worker. Now, it sounds good, just like a lot of other policies, but they're actually damaging. And when we look at the policies, again, since 1960. Well, what could we be wrong about worse? the $15 minimum? Well, <laughs> well, what's wrong about a $15 minimum wage? Well, well one. You're saying that they're going to hire fewer people because they have to pay them $15? If you own a business, right, you, you'll have maybe new college graduates or people with more experience come down and get those, get those $15 an hour jobs. Then you have, let's, let's use the rest of the uh, fast food industry. That's going to accelerate automation. Wipe out the front counter where people come in, place their own orders, so that way you, you wipe out at least 40, 45% of the jobs. But this is what's wrong with the Republican philosophy. I, oh, 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 let, so, me finish, so, let me finish. Oh, and then secondly, I think the root of the issue is education. All right, we're going to talk about that. Michael, but, quick comment, and then we've got to take a short break. Well, the answer can't be, therefore, we pay people less. That's, and that's what right. the fundamentally the got problem people is. Have, people have bills and people right? have to pay their So therefore we month. pay people less while the executives are making millions, you make $10 an hour instead of 15 That's just, that can't be I the answer. I think the great solution is okay, $10, well, hold on, let me say this, $10 an hour, right? Right. Many, many experts say this, an expansion of the income earned tax credit. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna mm. talk about that. But when we come back, I want to bring I want to bring this back to hip hop a little bit, Joel. And I'm gonna ask you because you know people c coming up is the hip hop community more concerned about the latest sneaker 
and the latest gossip about their favorite stars than they are about the issues that really impact them every day. Keeping it 100, it's Lisa Evers, Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. The deadline to register to vote in the state of New York is October 14th. And a lot of people are just going, oh, whatever. We don't really know about it. We don't really hear people talking about it. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll vote in November. Maybe I won't. So we have a panel. We're talking about this. Does your vote really matter? Are we educated enough? That's the other thing I've been hearing. People go, I don't know enough about the issues so or the people, so I don't want to vote. So here to discuss this, John Burnett. He's a Republican strategist, contributor to Black Enterprise, The Street, and Huffington Post, and also a TV and radio commentator. Also with us, the one and only Joel Ortiz, hip-hop artist, part of the supergroup No Panty with Bodega Bams and Nitty Scott MC. And they just dropped their debut album. It's called West Side Highway Story. Also with us, New York State Senator Michael Giannaris. He's a uh, Democrat from Queens, the 12th Senate District. He's a delegate for Hillary Clinton, chair for the New York State Democratic Campaign Committee, sponsor of a Voter Empowerment Act, a reform package. He knows everything about voting, basically, in, a, in, in other words. Joel, I want to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. You look at our hip-hop culture, right? Okay, which we love. Right. Thank you. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Which we, I'm saying that straight, straight out of all of it. Yes, Thank even you. the trap music. Yes. But it's, it's, the point is people pay the amount of attention. Are you ever amazed by the amount of attention people will pay to somebody's sneakers or what they're wearing or a little diss or the personality or is there a little beef here or some kind of drama? I mean... Right now, that's what makes the hip-hop community world go round. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. Like, when you turn, you go to these websites, it's who's, uh, whose house got foreclosed, uh, what what fashion show, what was he wearing. Oh, Kanye West had a floating stage. That's really, really cool. There, you know, there will be a longer line for the new Jordans than there will be for a vote. I'm being honest with you. Um, and as far, as far as, like, local, local uh, elections, like, you know, these kids don't even know a candidate for Senate. <laughs> You know, I'm being honest with you. Like, you know, they see what they see on television. They see what gets talked about. They don't know what what to go in there and and, and vote for. Or and who. is that is that a fa- is that a failure yeah. of the schools? Is that a failure? Should we be learning that in school? Because you know, a it's lot of people they don't the understand what the New York State system. Assembly is. It's, got, it's a yeah. failure of the entire system. Our kids need to learn finance, economics, how to acquire assets. You know, if if I meet you in the street and you tell me that you're dropping an album, we'll talk three minutes about that album. The next step is, hey. How are you going to invest that money? Mm. You know, what, what, what stock are you thinking about buying? Right. Where are you thinking about buying real estate? What businesses are you are you going to diversify your income? Right, because right. you don't want to only take in the money right. and, and only work in one vertical, so to speak, right. in the music industry. Because when you look at Jay, P. diversified, right? It's all diversified. But but, we, but, but but the industry doesn't talk about the financial elements. And when I talk about that to little kids and teenagers. They get it. Some of the brightest minds in the world. Yeah, the industry okay, but likes to shed light on the negative part of, of the uh, of the finances, like when things aren't going right and houses are foreclosed. Or somebody and, gets arrested. And repossession, repos of cars and things like that when the bright lights don't glitter as much. But, but M- Michael, what, what about also the, the, the culture that we're in now too? Because from when you started in politics to now, 
um, one political commentator that I interviewed recently said to me, Lisa, we are in a we are in a social media society right now. So it's not so important that you have like some big policy book. This is how I'm going to mm. re- reform education. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're not the most segregated school system in right. the country. It's it's more about like, hey, how do you you know what's your workout routine or what do you where do you shop? There's a lot of flashing lights now to distract people, um, and it's a problem that's always been there. I'm a little older than Joel over here, but uh, back in the day, I, Rage Against the Machine was one of my favorite bands. They got a great lyric that says, "What does the billboard say? Come and play, forget about the movement." Right, and it's the same message that's going on now. It's just that now, because of social media, it's become a lot easier to distract people and keep them from focusing on things. But we need some industry responsibility, and that's where I agree with John. We need industries to step forward and say we have a responsibility not just to make money, but to educate people on what's the right thing to do and become productive members of society. And we're do not you, there. Do you think we're in da- do you think we're in danger of becoming? I mean, President Obama made a comment one time that that he he kind of like just. Whoosh, dropped really fast because he got so criticized for it that we're kind of like being digitally hypnotized yeah uh, you know in turn like people are just distracted digitally distracted i don't think there's any dispute about that (laughs) and it's happening all all the time i was on the train the other day i mean this is going a little left but i just want to talk about digital distraction we can we can do whatever we want to do it's street soldiers it's hot 97 i was on a train during rush hour because i'm a true new yorker i still take the train during the rush hour i mean it's the best way to get around and there was a kid sitting next to me and he had the dr dre headphones on and they bleed music you know they're loud so you can hear what they're listening to and he was listening to my stuff for the entire ride oh that's awesome <laughs> but Did it is awesome thank, thank like you so much <laughs> well, thank what you. do you think about the that album oh snap it's Joel Ortiz on the A-Train but that's, that's, Facebook Live, right? that's, that's, the, that's, that's, that's leading to my point I wanted to see just how digitally hypnotized he was and I was I sat next to him for six stops and his face was so glued to the screen that he never realized that he was sitting next to the person he was listening to. <laughs> so when when my stop came, I tapped him on the shoulder and I said thank you, and he was like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> but that's where that's where the kids are looking. They're looking on the screens. You get what I'm saying? That that's people are looking at the screens more than real life at the moment. Don't, don't even get me that's started crazy. on the Pokemon Go thing, right? Oh my god! Like, <laughs> no, but that's cars. a powerful thing. Looking yeah. at the screens more looking than at, at real life. Real life, you understand? Like, and, and what? Nobody pays attention until the cell service gets disconnected. Exactly, or, or like, they pump the into somebody get... w- walking in the street. Right. You get that's what I'm crazy. saying? Yeah, the virtual world is taking over the real world. Do, do you think hip hop, with with all the issues that we've had going on in the in the last couple of years, you know, with it, with the police community tensions, mm. with the economy, with the jobs, do you think hip hop is doing enough in terms of raising awareness, or is that not really its responsibility because it's an entertainment form? Well, well, hip hop always has found the way to speak on things that they feel like speaking on. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, the Barack was a big deal because he was African-American. He looked like us. He sounded like us. He joked like us. He had hip-hop on his playlist. Exactly. He had that swag that the urban culture, you know. That's <laughs> 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 your shoulders off. To. These kids look at the television and they don't connect. Right. Hip-hop, if we don't connect, we don't talk about it. That's just the bottom line. We, we, we trend set in that way. We trailblaze in that way. Like, if, if we, we make things cool. And it doesn't look very cool at the moment. It just looks like two big wigs taking stabs at each other. And the people in power that are that are multimillionaires and they're just yeah, they're just like all right, cool. Like like uh like uh, like uh, this gentleman said earlier, just uh which which worst candidate is going in? Is the lesser that's of, the general? That, that's a phrase we keep hearing, Michael. Lesser of two evils. Yeah, right? we've never had two less popular candidates <laughs> in this country. So that's the direction we're going right now. It's unfortunate. But are you are you worried though that people feel 
that the apathy, you know, that people are just going to kind of be like, it, each one cancels each other I'm out on November right. 8th? The, the less engaged people are in the process, the less invested they are in their own government. And that's when dangerous things start to happen because they feel there's no outlet for right. their, their grievances. Um, we've got to do what we can to get people engaged. Barack Obama did a terrific job doing it. And right now we're at a historical low. Yeah, we got, you know, Hillary passed out. Well, now we're going to get Trump uh, results on the Dr. Oz show. See just how fit he is. Right. Like it's like what? It's it's like a it's, like, it's, like, it's almost like a re, it's almost like the election has become like a, a reality exactly show. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly yeah. right. Absolutely. And and then when you look at facts, it's like let's let's get back to facts like the health thing. You know, John McCain, he was had like a panel of 14 doctors. <laughs> there was like 1400 pages of 1500 like stacks and stacks of documents, every medical record from, you know, when he had a sore throat when he was 10 years old. To, to show that he was fit to run right. for office. So should there be certain, you know, should we have... S some of this, too, I think, is the, the public gets what it um, calls for, right? And so the politicians will do what gets them the most votes. You see this with Trump all year long, right, going back to the Republican primaries. But Hillary Clinton's put out thousands of pages. No one's paying attention to them. And so she's got to win. Nobody reads. <laughs> she's got to win. People don't read. So mm. she's now getting into the, uh, into the mud with Donald Trump, unfortunately, because... She's got to win because it's important for the country that she wins. And this is what the public is responding to. And so some of it is that people have to step up. It, this, this, this race is not about pushing paper, not, not about pushing policy. It's about belief in an individual who can actually get the job done. You believe Trump can? You know, I've, I've ran global divisions. I've ran national divisions. Sometimes I pick a person in with, with a what little... Field, John, with a, with, with, in financial field, right. John? In the financial world. I pick a person with a little less experience... But they had a lot of home runs. So I'm like, you know Are what? Are you saying that's Trump? What, what I'm saying is when you look at the system, Bernie talked about the system being rigged, right? Bernie was going against the system. When you look at Trump, pros and cons, he was going against the system. He was actually battling and still battling with, with some people in his own party. When you look at Hillary, she's going along to get along. When you look at the leaked emails, they already had it rigged to undermine Bernie. So, so when so so when you talk, we talk about oh she has a lot of policies. This is this is policy. This is the individual. This is who's going to actually get the job done and change but, but something what, for. But, but what's if someone's working for you and you're hiring them, you're still making calling the shots, and so you're just you're just evaluating whether they're capable of doing the job you want them to do. The president sets the policy. What the job is, is set by the president. So what the policies are incredibly important. Incredibly but, but, important. Yeah, is Trump effective? I happen to think he's not anyway, but let's assume you, you give him that much. So he's going to be effective at building a wall and keeping Mexicans out of the country or putting up roadblocks to Muslims entering the country? That's what, what, what the what, job what, is as he defines it. Did you say that in 1994 when, when, when the Clintons passed a crime bill and then 22 years later? an enormous amount of blacks and Hispanics have been jailed unfairly and disproportionately. So yeah, it is policy. It's also the individual and it's also what the individual brings to the table to the point of bringing about real change. That's the, one of the things we what have. Kind of change, what what, what, what are we changing are into, about? though? Right. But yeah. what are we changing into? That's the whole thing. What I think, I think people feel like there's no vision. Yeah. People feel like there's no, like, like with, with Barack Obama, there was a sense of, okay, 
change. We're showing that we're a better America. We're showing what America really stands for, that anybody really can become president. That was a historic thing. Yeah. I mean, people, there were record turnouts of voters. People brought their kids to the polls because it was historical, yeah. just so that they could they could see them do it. And I think now people are like, are we doing, is it like more of the well, same? It was a first. We, 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 right? think about, we think about change only through politics. We have to change the education system. Blacks also, black, I should say communities of color, because it's more broadly, we have to be more strategic with our vote. You know, uh, Puffy said, oh, P. Diddy. <laughs> P. Diddy said that, you know what? Hold your vote. People went crazy. Right. He was really talking about holding the vote for, for the presidential election. He didn't say not go to the polls. Yeah, but that's and, when and, you say and, hold and, your and, vote, that's yeah, pretty. That's people right. think Sounds like don't right. even yeah. And don't I'm even breaking show it down. Yeah. Right? So let's say you don't like any of the presidential candidates and you don't want to cast your vote for anyone. You, st you still go to the polls, right? Because like right. you said earlier, Senator, local elections arguably have more Michael, impact. Is that, is that real quick because we have to go to break. Is that possible to do? Because you, 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 know, you can just abstain from voting for the president you but can, still vote you, for all these other things. When you absolutely. go in there and you get handed the ballot, you could pick which elections you want to vote for, sure. All right. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Is it time for a hip-hop candidate? That's what I'm going to ask our panel when we come back. Yeah, yeah, NYC, what up? You already know who this is. Your boy, Uncle Murder, a.k.a. East New York. And right now, you're listening to Street Soldiers live on Hot 97 with Lisa Evers. Real people, real issues, real politics. You heard? Brooklyn. Yo. I'm in that new whip inside Coca. Hop about that pretty mother mother like Hola, 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 can me by Yo, please to meet you. How you doing? Let's get this started. I've been faced with obstacles my whole life. Hit the target. I pray to God. I'm always asking God, why don't you answer? I live in sin. I love a stripper. She my private dancer. They only see the celebrations. Keep in mind their struggles. Watch the players on your team look at their face in huddles. They hit my plate. I was stuck between a rock and hard place. Bam, bam. My father's name is Barney Rubble. Went to Barney's cause my shorty got the 50 discount. She worked for corporate folk and still selling work at this house. Of course I'm mad the Knicks ain't winning chips in 7-3. Of course you mad your baby mother wanna f with me. I got some anger issues only so calm me down. I'm from the east side Spanish Harlem's only golden child. I'm only into fast money that's low hustle trash. I see my lawyer once a month and bring that duffel bag. These rappers frauds when you see them Mr. Hugs and Fives. Been playing 2K since 2000 now y'all changing lives. That was Ola, a new track from Joel Ortiz's new album, debut project, West Side Highway Story, part of the super group that he is with now called No Panty, mm -hmm. with Bodega Bams and Nitty Scott MC, and that's awesome. Thank that you. is so awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for always being with us to discuss oh, these you. issues as well as you uh, pursue your, I your love career. It. I, love, I love you, Lisa. You I love that. you too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> love is love. Love is love is love. Let me introduce the other panel. Um, John Burnett, he's a Republican strategist, contributor to uh, Black Enterprise, The Street, Huffington Post, TV and radio commentator, and New York State Senator Michael Giannaris. He's a Democrat from Queens 12th Senate District, very involved in politics at a bunch of different levels, delegate for Hillary Clinton, chair for the New York De Senate Democratic Campaign Committee, and sponsor of the Voter Empowerment Act, which is a reform package that would basically, in a lot of different ways, make it easier for people to be registered to vote 
in these elections. Michael, in your district, you know, that you represent in Queens, what are you seeing as some of the key issues that are affecting your constituents? We're a pretty typical uh, district, so I think it's the same thing you see in, in a lot of the city. E economic hardship, um, affordable housing is a huge problem. Uh, people are getting priced out of their neighborhoods. Um, I represent the Queens Waterfront Astoria, Long Island City, Sunnyside, Woodside, uh, Richwood, wow. Woodhaven. Yeah, it's a big swath of Queens, some great neighborhoods, but it's getting very, very expensive to live there. Um, and probably the single biggest issue I deal with when people walk into my office is I've been living in my in my house renting for 10, 15, 20 years, and they're jacking up the rent. I can't afford to stay here anymore. And these are the people that made these neighborhoods what they are, and now they're being uh, being pushed out and it's something that's a real problem so the housing and then in, t in terms of the economy because some people say oh well the New York economy is it's gotten better other people say it's different what do you think uh, it could always get better still uh, we have people who are suffering it, it's not even that the unemployment rate is decent historically speaking but there's a huge income inequality problem we talked earlier about the minimum wage but people are just not making enough at the jobs that they have especially in a place like new york which is so expensive uh, and so we're constantly looking for ways to improve it we just passed a paid family leave bill to you know, make sure people don't lose their jobs if they have to stay home to care for a loved one or have a baby um, so we're trying to find ways to bridge that income inequality because we have the richest people on earth here in new york and we also have some of the poorest people on earth um, and it's a shame when you see how wealthy we are in new york that walking down the street you see some extreme poverty in certain places Joel, do you think that our consciousness is changing too about what people expect? Because you know, there's that whole controversy about the EpiPen, the the thing that saves lives, mm. and yet the executives are making all kinds of crazy, crazy money and charging super high prices. Like people feel like, okay, if if there's enough to go around, we it should be spread around a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, health insurance itself is an issue. Like a lot of you know, a lot of people I know don't have it. I mean, even as an artist, it's tough to get health insurance um but i just i want to speak to like the minimum wage yeah thing. go ahead let's let, yeah let's talk about that only because i i think i know and it's it's kind of scary to touch on it but like i'm i'm so next to it um when that when the 16 year old dropout or 17 year old uh has a choice and it's like the kid the guy on the block that could afford the new sneakers so should i sell drugs right or i, I mean i can't do mcdonald's i won't make any money right you know you don't realize how just how much raising that minimum wage could make a kid go the other way. Like you, I know it sounds. You think it's a difference between. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If it's you know, because that's the whole thing. Like you know that that gets tossed around. Like, oh, you're gonna work in fast food and make a hundred dollars, hundred and eight dollars a week. Like it's just nah. I'm gonna do this. I'd rather hit the corner. It's it's a little quicker, stuff like that. So if, if you know you see you see people coming in on entry level and surviving in a place where it's very expensive to live now, then it might give you, you know, an option that wasn't there before. You know what I mean? So you think it'll make a big difference? Oh, John, definitely. What, John, what about that? I, you know, I, I respect your opinion, but I think it's a little short-sighted. <clears throat> we have to change the whole system. Yeah, but we, we, we never have, do. Uh, I, I but, always but, but, hear that, and nobody yeah. ever. But, it never but, happens. But, but I'm, I'm being real. But, but again, I'm being real too. There'll but it be never less, happens. There'll be less jobs for those and people will and suffer. Other people. But won't people suffer? Won't people suffer? They're going to suffer either, either way, but they have a better this, chance the other way. This is the so, same argument that was made when the minimum wage was established in the first place. So, like, that argument would have never had a minimum wage to begin with. We're talking about minimum, but we're never talking about maximum, creating opportunities. We have to we have to educate a society, especially communities of color, to think beyond minimum wage, think beyond that, and start a life 
right? We never, we never fix, we never fix the education system. We talked about early childhood education and John, how good. They have poured so much money into the, ed- so yeah. much money into the education system in New York City, and it- that's one of the reasons why I ran for comptroller. We're the number one spending municipality, and we get the worst results. And we, we have spend, one of the most segregated billion, systems. $30 billion on an annual basis, but nothing ever changes. In fact, it gets worse. We Where's have an the edu- money going? Do you, do you believe some it's people? Actually, it's actually been getting better the last couple of years, not worse. And we got universal pre-K, which is getting to kids at an earlier age now which in this p- city. Parents which parents love and are happy love, about. Which is, but, which but is doing terrific But 1 is still terrible. So you, and, you have a great start, but you're going into a system there's no question we need to do a lot I'm a public education product myself through the city school system but it's not an easy problem to solve and yet test scores are slowly getting better we're, we're learning from our experience and we're doing what we can to, to improve things but when we talk about changing things it's always about when you hear the the right or the Republican point of view it's always about people got to do this and people got to do that why don't we change the executives who have to learn themselves how to respect their workers. We wouldn't have to establish minimum wage laws if people were paid a fair wage to begin with. Let's go back to to education, fixing the educational system, because that's what what it really starts. He wants to change the subject. (laughs) But what about about what he said about business? Because let's let's be super real here. If they could could get away with paying people a dollar an hour and people would take the money. That's exactly right. The, there, that's what would happen. It wouldn't be like, well, you know what? I'm going to be a decent person because you can't even get on the subway for a dollar. But wages, wages went down for several different reasons, partly because of the skill sets and the education level of the broader society. No one wants to fix the root causes. They always want to fix the symptoms. The answer to empowerment is not the minimum wage. It should be raised to ten dollars, like I said before, with an expansion of the earned income tax credit. You're saying lowered to ten dollars, right? It's That's like crazy. A, it's, no, it's almost like an equalizer, right? We have to fix multiple things in the system: the criminal justice reform. We need well, no, that. Let's focus we, we on need, the money we, because we, that's we, the most we, important we thing for edu- people. And I can talk about go, that for a whole other show. Well, <laughs> that's another show. <laughs> Criminal justice, well, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But let, let's co- come back Come back to the... John mentioned we got to fix the root causes. I agree with him. But one of the big root causes of the economic problems people face is corporate greed. You talked about Bernie Sanders earlier. That was his primary message, corporate greed. So lowering the minimum wage only lets the greedy be greedier and keep more money. Yeah. What we're trying to do is make sure that workers are respected, that people who are lower in the economic uh, ladder than the people at the top are making enough money to get by. And so if we don't address yeah. corporate greed, we're not going to get anywhere. And well, so Bernie the problem also, I have well, with Bernie, all your Bernie solutions... Bernie and Trump <laughs> also said that, that globalization impacts a lot of jobs. A lot of these corporations are going overseas. What policies are we going to implement to bring these corporations back on shore because we can't all can't get a government job. Why? Because that requires taxation, a higher taxation. Yeah, but, and the but, higher but, taxation is going to force more people to go offshore. So it's like a death spiral. I don't know. There's a lot of, it just sound, yeah. You know what? I, I'm feeling very depressed, honestly. Yeah, me too. Because it sounds so complicated. Don't get as, it is don't complicated. Get I'm getting very depressed, and I'm it's a very a, positive person. <laughs> and optimistic, and I'm feeling very deep. It feels so overwhelming. I just think well, when, when you make a decision about who you vote for, is it even realistic to think, okay, they're going to do this, they're going to do that? Isn't it more about, like, the person, like, let me trust that this person has the same values as I do or has the same Right, but those, those things are not unrelated, right? right. The, their values tells you what they're going to do, right. right? So I would argue Donald Trump's values, as he's displayed them, are the opposite direction we want to go. So I, I said earlier to John, yeah, Donald Trump may 
have a persona that he can get things done, but the things he wants to get done are dangerous because his values are all screwed up. What's that, dangerous, that's right. though? Be specific. Building What's a wall. dangerous about dividing it's, dividing people Hillary based on their race or religion? Wall in you don't think it's dangerous to she divide people based on their religion Vision. and their race? I mean, that's he's explicitly that's done that. Keep the Mexicans out of the country? No, that's not division. And the whole, the keep whole, the Muslims, Muslims out of the country? No, no, that's no, no, not no. division. He's, he said he he was talking about one particular thing with respect to the high crime rate, especially in those states along the border. And what was he talking he about when he wanted to he keep all the Muslims out of the country? Everybody in the same in what the same bucket. When you when you look at all of the attacks that have occurred in the European countries. Right now, they're rethinking. Okay, I don't want to open up. I don't want to oh, open up the terrorism. Okay. I know. I know you have. How I, much time do we have? Left? We, okay, good. We got. I know you have a party line, John. I respect you. You're a very bright guy. But how can you sit there and defend someone who sits at a rally and says, "Look at my African American over there. There he is. Yeah. There's my guy." Joel, when you look at I that, mean, what do you think? Insulting. I mean, it's, it's insulting. <laughs> it, it's very insulting. Um, it feels, it feels a lot like a rap battle. battle. Okay, hold well, on one second. No, it, it comes that's that's the, 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 this, this is a rap battle. It's a rap battle. Oh, my goodness. Whoever, whoever gets that knockout round is going to win. Then that's it's how, just going like, to keep going back and forth and back and Yeah, that's it. It's a popularity contest. At the at the moment, I'm being honest with you, and that's why when we were off air, and you were just like, the, you know, the whole what if a hip hop, you know, uh, person ran for president? Yeah, what do you like, think about that? That would be interesting, very interesting, because this election, in my opinion, is a popularity contest, and hip hop is a very popular genre of music <laughs> and very so like opinionated if, so if like Drake, and very witty. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so true. You get what I'm saying? So, you know. But, but, but what but about... So, so like a Drake... So, on a rap album. Pardon Donald me? Trump was on a rap album. Did you know that? I oh, didn't please. know that. We, we, track, uh, track 20. You better track, find that for me. Track 20. Okay, no, wait. On stop. 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 Time out. Stop. Seriously. Look it up, people. Time out. Wait. Which hip hop? Let's talk. Which hip Because you know there was talk at one time about Fat Joe running for city council in the Bronx because he was the first hip hop artist uh, to have a float in the Puerto Rican, in the National Puerto Rican Day Parade and um, have him run. I mean, you know, in this climate, you could even have Drake say, "Yeah, I know I'm Canadian. I was. I'm not making any secret <laughs> of it." But you know what? I can. Yeah, I, yeah, I right. got to plug my good friend, that what we call a hip hop bro president, Ruben Diaz Jr. in the yes, Bronx. Yes, He's actually <laughs> He's a friend of Fatjo's. He's a great guy. And, uh, He's we been served on the, the assembly together. So if it would be anyone out of politics, I think it would be Ruben first. I hear you. Exactly. Well, he's you. already in politics with Joel. Who, who would be some? I mean, let's imagine. A, let's imagine a hip hop presidency. Let's imagine a hip hop president. Are you asking me who would be a good candidate? Yeah, and then what, would, what would the White would, House would, look like? What would, would the dinners oh look God, like? God, it would look a lot different. <laughs> it would look a lot different. Um, who would be a good candidate? First? A good candidate, though, maybe somebody like Black Thought of the Roots. Yes. You know. Yes, we're uh, trying to get him Mike. on the show. Right. You know, people Killer that Mike. people that stand for, you know, <laughs> stand for things and stand behind their words and don't don't. Talib. Talib Kweli. Yes. Yes. Uh, Q-tip. Q-tip, the homie. Shouts to Q-tip. Yeah, shout guy. out. Come on. I mean, there's a, there's a couple. Um, Jay-Z, you know, he's a figure. I don't think there'd be enough money in it, though. It's like, he's <laughs> oh, like, he's like well, the salary's only like 200 grand. <laughs> I, I, I make that in the first 30. I make that while I'm sleeping he in my first 30 seconds. Right? He can still make albums, really. How about Dre? Dre? Dr. Dre. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I mean, about that one. I'm from Queens. I got to bring up Reverend Run. Exactly. Reverend Run. There you go. Even though I represent Queensbridge, so they're gonna get mad at me. Right. Exactly. 
and Nas, yeah, you can't get anybody Common upset. sense. Common sense. You got, you got, Queens, you have a whole, uh, you know, we, you got We 50, have a rich history. We're everybody. doing all right. Yeah. Right? Let's, not, let's not forget all the people. But, um, yeah, LL Cool J, he's done everything else successfully. Yeah. You know, why not? Right. Down the road. Everything he touches. But I don't think they could make enough money to support their lifestyle with that. It's a popularity contest. It is. At the moment, <laughs> I can assure you, we don't make enough money. Let me just say that. <laughs> well, hip hop exactly. after, after you get out of the White House. Right. That's exactly. Cool. Well, exactly. we hip hop artists wouldn't be doing it for the money. No. It would for the for the change. Yeah, definitely the change. The That's why the, the Obama change. thing mattered so much. It was change. a change. The word change was in there, and people wanted don't want the same thing. So, make America great again. Using the word again seems like something that happened. Like right. kids were excited about something new. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. Got to get that back into exactly. the kids. It's a great point. Like live up to justice for all for everyone. Exactly. How about that? Something real simple. Yeah. Real basic. All right. On that note, I want to thank you all for being with us for this cool. episode of Street Soldiers. And uh, the John Burnett, Republican strategist, the one and only Joel Ortiz. Check out his new debut album, uh, part of the supergroup No Panty with Bodega Bams and Nitty Scott MC. She's been on the show here, supported us on Street Soldiers as well. So shout out to Nitty. She came out to the uh, Push for Peace in Brooklyn this summer. It's called West Side Highway Story, and the joint we just played was Hola, Joel. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank too. you so much. Also with us, New York State Senator Michael Giannaris. He's from Queens, 12th Senate District. And uh, thank you so much for being with us and, and, and fighting to make the voting so much more accessible for for everybody. You know, Thanks I think that's lot. really yeah. important. There's some good people in politics, so I try and be one of them. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> and I want to thank my whole crew here at Hot 97. And uh, remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace.